Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, you had the opportunity to preach this past Sunday morning, and you took us into a little story with a big heart. Yeah, we we looked at uh, four verses at the end of Mark chapter twelve. It's really a it's, it's a great story, but you know it it doesn't really change a lot of things we may think about. But we were looking at this in uh, the light of our theme, and that's bringing the best. God is the best. We need to bring our best. And here we find the Lord in Jerusalem at the temple. And he sits at the treasury, and he notices what people are putting in. And then this poor widow came and put in two small copper coins. Uh, King James Version says a mite. The widow's mite is where we get that phrase from. And Jesus called the disciples to him and said that this poor widow has put in more than everyone else has. And he praised her. And it's just a simple, simple little four verses that easily could be left out and doesn't change a whole lot of things. But God left us in here, and God wants us to see this story here. And and, and as we kind of built the sermon, she really comes across to us as really insignificant. Her name is not given to us. Uh, she's a woman. She's a widow. She's poor. She has a lot of strikes against her. And, and the reality is this is a picture of a nobody who gives nothing. The amount she gave didn't stop them. I mean, it didn't change things. It, you, you can't do much with just that small amount. In fact, the, uh, uh, understanding of that, what she gave was only like one sixty-fourth of a day's wage, which I kind of worked out to be about 11 minutes. Yeah, that, uh, that point I really appreciated. 11 minutes worth of work for the daily average worker. That's not very much. And, you know, as, as that story ends, uh, the Lord tells us she put in all she had to live on. So can can you imagine saying my net worth is basically eleven minutes of a day's wage? That's that's how bad that was. But then through that we 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 saw why this is in our Bible. And the Lord, that's why he pulled the disciples over to talk to them about this. God's way of calculating is so different than ours. When we again build our theme of, of bringing the best, uh, the first thing that comes to our minds are the all stars, the Hall of Famers. David fighting Goliath. We think about um, Moses parting the sea. We think about all these heroes in our Bibles. Well, here's somebody who's insignificant. We don't even know her name, but the Lord praised her. And so God looks not at the just the gift. He looks at the heart. And that's what we're driving at. And then we point out that God saw what no one else saw. Um, you know, most people would have been talking about how much the rich people gave, but Jesus was talking about how much this poor woman gave. And then our third point simply was bringing the best isn't about the size of the gift or the greatness of your ability, but the largeness of your heart. And that's really what, what that lesson was all about. She had nothing else. How was she going to, how was she going to buy supper that night? If all she had, she put in, she was trusting God. She put everything into God's lap, and she knew that God provided for Abraham, God provided for Israel in the wilderness. Somehow, God's going to provide for me. 
and and that was just incredible, incredible faith. Yeah, I noticed as you were preaching that sermon and talking about those four verses, one of the things that struck me just before that, Jesus is warning his disciples to beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplace and have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And then immediately after your four verses from the sermon is where Jesus begins talking about the destruction of the temple, right? The the disciples say, well, look at these wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings and Jesus says, do you see these great buildings there? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So couched right in the middle of great religious men who can lead long flowery prayers and have these long flowing religious words on one side and on the other, these beautiful, wonderful buildings. What a great way of of reinforcing your point that God's way of calculating is so different than ours. Everyone would look at those scribes and say, well, there's someone important. Everyone would look at the buildings of the temple and say, well, those things really matter. But sandwiched between is a woman that would have been overlooked by pretty much everyone except Jesus. Yeah. And again, it just emphasized Jesus was really driving at faith, yeah. and and that's that's what mattered to him. Um, I mean, you you can put in masses of amount of money, but if you don't believe, then then you're just doing it for a tax write off, or you're doing it to get attention. And and there was no motive behind this woman other than she loved the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I would love here in the middle of the week uh, to zero in on that last point. You had three big lessons, like you said. God's way of calculating is so different than ours. God saw what, saw what no one else saw. Here's where I'd like to camp for the next few minutes. Bringing the best isn't about the size of the gift, the greatness of your ability, but the largeness, the size of your heart. And then you have three basic subpoints. And what I'd love to do is just have you put a, a, a face, not necessarily a face with a specific name, but paint for us a picture. You, you illustrated this, this with a faith that endures through time and obstacles, a faith that looks to the Lord first, and a faith that does what it can. So we have have all sorts of people listening to this podcast today. I, I shared with you, we were talking just before we hit the record button. Just in the last week, we got such a kind note from one sister in Christ who lives in South Florida. We got another kind, encouraging note from a, a sister that lives in Alabama and a brother who lives in North Carolina. Um, you just never know who 
others listening. And so we've got people, all stations of life, no doubt all sorts of economic worth that is represented. Some who would be regarded in society as being really important and some who maybe very much resonate with this widow. We don't even know her name. But when you think, Roger, of a faith that endures through time and obstacles, what sort of faces come to your mind? Well, first of all, before we leave the story, this woman comes there. Okay. Um, first of all, you know, I, I don't get the impression that this is her first day in the temple. Um, I, you know, she's a widow. Uh, you know, that we're not. She could have been a young widow. I mean, that's 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 an observation I've just kind of made. I kind of assume she's old. I mean, that's just kind of yeah. the, the image, the pictures I used in the PowerPoint was just kind of older women. You know, that's that's just the idea that you kind of get from this passage. And and of course, she's poor. She has obstacles. And and so here's this woman who's just been hanging in there year after year, year after year, and she hasn't given up. But 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 I think I think about some of our senior citizen disciples. They they have been Christians for decades and decades and decades. And the number of sermons they've listened to, the number of classes they've they've sat through, the number of times they've read that Bible cover to cover. And and when you listen to their life stories, it's not all been sunshine. Yeah. Uh they have buried Mates, they've buried children, they've lost jobs, they've had major, major health crisis in their life. But Sunday morning, here they are. Some of them are just kind of walking in slowly. They they need walkers or wheelchairs or canes, and they're 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 making their way in there. You know, this past Sunday. It was cold here in Indiana. I mean, it was cold. I mean, just, I mean, stick your face in the freezer. It's that cold. Man, was it cold. And some of the very first people I saw showing up yeah. were coming in with canes, mm-hmm. you know, hobbling along, doing their best. Uh, that, that's his faith. It's the idea that says, you know what? Uh, it's too cold. I'm not going to come out. No, they're going to come out. I'm, I'm hurting today. I'm going to come out. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of folks that when we say, let's stand and pray, that getting up, they can't do it without a little groan. Mm-hmm. And they can't sit back down without a little groan. But here they are. Here they are. And they are the bedrock. They're the backbone. They're the heart of a congregation. They know that Bible. They know what God wants. And come what may, they're going to be there. And that, that's just encouragement for all of us. Sometimes some of us younger folks just need to th- think about that. You know, we, we go out there and we think, oh, it's too cold. I'm going to just stay home today. No, not, not these folks. They have a great, great, incredible faith, just like that widow. They are bringing the best. And it isn't about the size of their gift. As, as senior citizens, they may not be able to give monetarily what they once did when they were working full time. It's not about about the greatness of their ability, uh, they're not able to do everything that they once did physically, but boy, you talk about the size of their hearts and the size of their impact with those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, what a great example that is. All right, so a faith that endures through time and obstacles. Number two, a faith that looks to the Lord 
first? What sort of faces come to your mind? Well, you know, first and foremost, I think about both of our wives. Um, hmm. We won't name them, but <laughs> <laughs> they'd be embarrassed. <laughs> That's just how they are. But but how many times they, I mean, just yesterday, my, there was someone in the congregation wasn't feeling well, and my wife made some extra food, and it's cold still in Indiana, and she said, will you come with me and help me deliver this food? And you know, I was sitting you know, in my chair, I had a blanket <laughs> around my legs. Nice and warm. <laughs> I had a book in my lap. I said, I'm in a good spot <laughs> but i thought no duty calls duty calls and and that that's what that means you're thinking about someone else first you're thinking about putting the lord first you're just trying to help other people and again there's just so many people that do that in their own way uh the selfish person would say it's too cold i'm not going to do anything the selfish person would say, well, there are other people, and, and I want to give other people an opportunity, which means I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the one who looks to the Lord first, here am I, send me. And that's, that's their spirit. They're the ones that's going to say, you know, I, I, I'll teach a Bible class. Maybe, you know, maybe I've taught a lot of Bible classes, and, and, and I want to break, but you know what? Uh, I'm going to teach because that's something I can do. Here's somebody that, you know, maybe needs a trip to the doctors, and, and I'll, I'll go out of my way and give that guy a ride to the doctors because that's something I can do. I, I, am, I am looking to the Lord first. And so the, the question, you know, why should I, never comes up in this person's mind. They don't think of those kind of thoughts because they put the Lord first. They never ask, do I have to? The, the, that's the word. That's the language and the thought process of someone who's selfish. Someone who puts the Lord first doesn't think those things. And so, e- e- even when it comes to uh, our Wednesday evening Bible classes, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, what we're doing tonight. But there are some folks who say, "Well, you know, technically, it's not in the Bible, and technically, I don't have to go." Well, technically, the disciple <laughs> doesn't even ask that question. Because the saints are gathering, God's word's going to be taught, duh, where else should I be, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's putting the Lord first. And so, so it's just that idea of discipleship. Luke nine twenty three. anyone come after me, let him deny himself first. Take up the cross and follow me daily. You know, it is fascinating to me. I There is no indication in Mark chapter 12 that I can pick up that this poor widow knew that the Lord was looking at her. We don't even know that she knew who Jesus was. There's there's no indication of that, but she believed in the Lord that she couldn't see with her physical eyes or hear with her physical ears. She knew that the temple was said to be the house of the Lord, and this was the treasury of the Lord. This this was the Lord's work, something that she could do. And so it's all by faith, and yet how remarkable that the Lord in the flesh saw her. Well, you know, and and, and these four verses are also found in Luke. They're almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no conversation between her and Jesus. No. Uh, Jesus talks to the disciples about this, but Jesus never tells her, 
I believe you put in more than everyone else. She never heard that. Um, and, and so she just went and did what she was supposed to do. Uh, as little as it was, she did what she could do, and uh, the Lord saw that. And so that's very similar to that passage where Jesus says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's yeah. doing. You, you just do what you're supposed to do, and God knows. And that's what matters. Yeah, that leads us to our third and and final sub point here. Bringing the best. It's not about the size of the gift or the greatness of your ability. It's about the size of your heart. And your last sub point was a faith that does what it can. What sort of faces come to your mind there? Well, I, you know, the first thought comes to my mind are some of these preachers that that travel to faraway places on this planet. And it's not exotic places. Most people would never, ever visit some of these places because the third world, it's primitive, it's hard, it's dirty, it's dangerous. And they just preach and preach and preach God's word. And, and they're just trying to do what they can. But, but that's no different than this house mother, this housewife who, who has two or three little kids, and after breakfast, she gets them around the table, and they get out their little Bibles, and she teaches them a little Bible lesson. You know, sometimes we, we may praise and honor and mention that preacher who traveled all over the world to get over there, but that simple little mom at home raising her children to know about Jesus, she's just doing what she can do. And no one, just like this widow, no one may never know those lessons other than those kids. No one may never see the, the good that she's doing, but God sees that. And, and I think in the heart of all disciples, there's that lesson. We just do what we can do. Sometimes we want everyone to do the same thing, and we can't do that. Uh, if everyone stood behind the pulpit, it'd get kind of crowded up there, okay? <laughs> Not everyone can stand behind the pulpit. Not everyone can shepherd God's people. Not everyone can do a Bible class. But all of us can do something. And and the thing is, we don't know all that goes on. A congregation our size, how many conversations, how many cards are sent, how many little Bible studies are taking place, just tons of things going on that that most of us never even know about. I mean, Jason, just you and I, the number of emails and phone calls we get yeah. just on a weekly basis is so much. But... That's just what we do. We just do what we can do. And at the end of the day, it's not about us. We're trying to bring honor to the Lord, exactly like this poor widow here in Mark 12. Yeah, such a powerful lesson. Unimportant, unknown, insignificant, ignored. You you drew attention to those four words several times throughout the sermon, and that very well may be how some of our listeners today feel, but there will be church buildings and little Bible classrooms filled all over this country, all over this world, perhaps even this evening with people that worked full-time jobs, moms that worked all day at home and they're exhausted, but they're going to show up in a little infant Bible class this evening and do what they can to help little hearts get to know Jesus a little better. Only God knows the good that is being done all over this world. And I loved how you, you landed this sermon that, yes, unimportant, perhaps unknown, insignificant, ignored, but honored and praised by God. And in the end, that's what matters most of all. Absolutely. And, and, and I know, 
I can speak well for both of us. Um, there was somebody, somebody a long time ago sat down. Our mothers taught us the Bible, mm-hmm. and our dads were examples to us. And here we both are today preaching God's Word. And so you might think, well, you know, I'm not doing anything really important. You just never know. You just never know. That little encouragement, maybe just the thing that somebody needs to keep going today, uh, that little lesson, maybe just the lesson that somebody needed that just flips a light bulb on their mind and says, this is what I need to do, and that's why you do those things. Yeah. Bringing the best. It's not about the size of the gift or the greatness of your ability. It is about how big is your heart for Jesus and our Father in heaven. Roger, thank you for a powerful lesson. Uh, to our listeners, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch or listen to that, thanks to the selfless efforts of uh, men that you and I, Roger, we appreciate them serving in our audio video booth, doing what they can, working on the church website throughout the week. Because of that effort, this sermon continues to be freely available and we so very much appreciate that. Roger, you referenced our Bible classes even this evening. We're going to be gathering, Lord willing, at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. It's Wednesday, and you're going to be teaching in the auditorium. Yeah, following our theme of bringing the best, we're talking this quarter about expectations. You know, just what what does God expect of me and different layers of that? And so tonight we're going to just look at that simple question, what does God want me to do? And kind of walk down through that alley just like that. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we're exploring in the month of January on Wednesdays, who is the Holy Spirit? You can go back and see lesson one at charlestownroad.org. In this lesson two, we're going to be exploring the Spirit's work before Jesus was born and during the life, the time of Jesus on earth, even the Spirit's work in his death and and his resurrection, and that begins to build a bridge to us today. And so we want to explore that this evening in that building blocks track of studies. I've got the opportunity, Lord willing, to preach this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Roger, in our theme booklet for the year, of course, the theme is bringing the best. And in the first quarter of this year, we're really trying to zero in on the glory of the Lord. You had a line written on that page for this first quarter in our theme booklet that God's name is sacred and special. I would love just to dig around a little bit more in that idea this Sunday morning. We'll talk about some of the names of the Lord in the Old Testament. There are a lot of them. We don't have the time to look at all of them in detail, but I'd really like to zero in on how holy and and awesome, sacred and special God's name is and build a bridge to, okay, how do we live in the light of those holy and awesome names today? You're going to be preaching at 5 o'clock p.m. Yes, and we're still uh, hanging on to this theme. I mean, our folks are going to know it. And <laughs> That's we, the goal. We hope our podcast folks get to know it. Bring the best. I just love that concept. And so just another layer into looking at what does that mean? Uh, how do I bring the best in the worst times? And we're going to look at a great little story. Uh, the title is going to be Through All of This. 
and talk about how even in times that are difficult, we need to bring God our best. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. It would be great to see you tonight at 7 o'clock. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week. And we would love to have you come and grow with us. Mm-hmm.